the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. Where else would you rather be? I mean, there's everything in the world going on right now. The NBA is back. The NHL is weeks away from back. I mean, they're going to they're gonna ramp it up quicker than the NBA did in terms of uh, get the teams together, get on the ice for some practice, and start playing some real games. We're, we're going to see how that unfolds because that is, that's quite an exp- timeline. The Athletic, of course, is covering the NHL's comeback, the NBA's preseason, week 14 of the NFL, and, of course, an MLB offseason, which we're going to get to in just a few seconds here. Visit theathletic.com slash track. Get 40% off your first year subscription. You pretty much know everybody there now. I mean, they have pulled in all the major names from all of these sports. Great podcast farm. Great long-form articles. The live commentary is really great, especially during your games. I mean, you've got some of the best creative minds in all of sports kind of going live with you, answering your questions in real time. It's a really great feature. It's a no-brainer to subscribe, especially this time of year. It's crazy busy. Theathletic.com slash track. My name is Mike Giannetti. little change of timing today with the weekend podcast. Sunday morning right now. So I'm still drinking my morning coffee, but family stuff, holidays, things like that are starting to kick in. So, you know, we'll adjust as necessary. It's going to be a smaller show, pretty much just me today. And uh, going to start with baseball, as I mentioned here. The the Mets have started to make some moves. They've got basically t- the two biggest offseason moves in terms of free agent signings. And they're not big. I mean, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, we've got a four for 40 for James McCann, the catcher, and he's the second best available catcher on the market. And we've got Trevor Mayan at two for 15, the relief pitcher. You know, it's it's worth talking about. Like I, I, I've said it before, baseball is a long, arduous offseason. A lot of teams slow play it into December. You know, once the new year hits, things get rolling. A lot of teams are still hashing out their coaching slash GM roles. I mean, the Mets just finished that this morning as well. So I, I get it. I get the, the drawn out process. Here's where I want to get to, though. Last year, the 2020 free agency, we saw over two billion, actually over $2.1 billion worth of contracts. You know, Garrett Colt of the Yankees obviously was the big run. Rendon going to the Angels, big one. So there were some monster names out there. Um, and we don't have that this year at all. So there's apples and oranges there, but it's also apples and oranges based on where the league was 12 months ago versus where we all are right now. It's going to get like, this is going to be a real thing. I'm going to talk about the basketball numbers in a second here. You know, we've alluded to the fact that the NFL is going to pinch some pennies and not only are there going to be cap casualties and some weird restructures to make it all work and more teams than not are going to have to do that. And that's fine. That's how, that's how you survive in a hard cap. But the guys hitting the open market, let me just put out a, <laughs> a public service announcement here. If your team is offering you a fair extension and you like where you are, sign that deal because free agency is going to be a bloodbath. It's just going to be a bloodbath. Okay. Well, if you think you're worth a, you're probably getting G, <laughs> right? It's going to be that far down the, the pendulum. Um, and baseball's 
proof. I mean, James McCann's 10 million a year was exactly our fair market value, which is fine, but there were five teams in on him. So that shouldn't happen, right? Anytime there's more than one team, your price should soar. Any kind of bidding war means your price soars. There's your Dr. Seuss sports financial tidbit of the day. You know, we're going to get a good price for George Springer. We're going to get a good price on DJ LeMahieu. Certainly Trevor Bauer, whether it's a one-year deal or a five-year deal, is going to get a good price. But I'm not even sure we're getting to $1 billion this year. If I can do the math in my head here, which I've tried to do early this morning, we might not even get to half of where we were last year in terms of Major League Baseball free agency. And yes, as I noted up front, we don't have the superstar power. You know, there's not going to be a $300 million contract in this offseason. That's fine. And we might get an extension or two in that regard with Frankie Lindor, but it's a depleted class and a depleted league right now, financially speaking. And everybody's kind of coming down, big time down. So this is going to be really interesting to watch over the next six weeks. How Bauer hashes out, you know, will there be extensions to younger guys that seem normal, but we know they're not, you know, is Pete Alonso going to lock in some hundred million dollar contract for the next nine years just to say, just because he looks around at the landscape of money and oh, by the way, you know, the league might go on strike next year. If those kind of offers are out there in any sport right now, you take them. LeBron's signing. Steph is signing. If they're doing it, everybody else everywhere should be doing it. Okay. Just gear yourself up with guaranteed money as much as possible. If your NFL team is offering you an extension, Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith-Schuster, Allen Robinson, you know, I'm only notarying wide receivers, Aaron Jones. Okay. Take it. Take it now because you're probably getting a franchise tag, which is fine, but we've seen three though, three franchise tag players this year miss the entire season or, or miss most of the season on injuries. The risk is real, and it's even more real when the schedules are messed up and practices aren't, you know, reliable. It's just, it's the way of the world right now. So if it's out there, take it. Advice number one. So I mentioned baseball. I don't even think we're going to get to 1 billion. We may, we may, we may trickle $1 billion, which is still less than half of what we got last year. Let's look at how basketball sort of unfolded because like I mentioned in the last show, we're kind of done. I mean, preseason's here. Rosters are being formulated. We're going to start seeing some cuts, some two-way cuts, things like that as they get down to the 12, 13-man rosters. Here's how 2019's free agency <laughs> laid out. Almost $3.5 billion, and it's pretty much all guaranteed. I mean, the incredible numbers in basketball, as you know. So almost $3.5 billion. This, this past year, 1.8. Again, similar to baseball. You didn't have the superstars. You didn't have Durant. You didn't have those big names moving, you know. But again, this is just free agency. This is not extensions. This is just free agency. A third. It's a third, though. That's crazy. That's crazy. Okay. billion in free agency this year. Tons of money, but it's not 3.5 million. Okay. So NBA got cut in half. Major League Baseball got cut in half. So where were we with free agency in the NFL last year? 2019 NFL, or I should say 2020 NFL free agency 
2.5 billion in total contracts, about 1.3 of that guaranteed. 53%. Good number. So two things to note here. If it if it's if we're following suit, if baseball and basketball were literally slashed in half, that means we're getting about 1.25 billion of NFL free agency. You know, Dak's going to get a big deal, but that might, you know, that that's going to maybe an extension that may be done early off the franchise tag. He likely doesn't get the free agency. So who's going to be that major free agent contract? I don't know. You know, somebody going to pay Aaron Jones, maybe somebody going to pay Juju, maybe. But is, are any of those hundred million dollar contracts? I don't think so. I don't think so. And we don't have the defensive players to hit, you know, Stefan Gilmore. I guess he could walk into free agency and get somewhere upwards of that, not knowing what we've seen with Tredavious White and Jalen Ramsey. So maybe he's a candidate for something to make an impact in terms of these numbers. But if the other leagues are telling us anything, we're going to see about 1.25 billion of NFL contracts. Buyer beware is all I'm saying here. But can we keep that 53% guaranteed? That's what has to happen. Okay, the agents have to come come through on that regard. Players have to be knowledgeable in that regard. You know, someone like Richard Sherman, who's going to hit free agency, representing himself again, he knows what he needs. Okay, he took less guarantees up front last time to bet on himself. Yes, he's got an injury again, but yes, he outkicked that contract. He outplayed it. There's no question. So this time around, everybody needs to be thinking, all right, the average annual salary is not going to be there. The, the total contract value is probably not going to be there. Nobody wants to spend stupid money right now. And if they do, they're going to backload it because the TV money is coming in 18 to 24 months. You know, they can probably handle the cash at that point. So am I taking a, a backloaded contract where I'm getting ca- less cash in hand right now? Or am I just going to be smart, take a, take a two-year deal or a one-year deal with, a, with an option year two, get myself as much cash up front as I can, lock in a guarantee in year two. If it's a four-year deal, try to lock in a rolling guarantee in year three. It's about security. It has to be because the, because the, the blow me away cash isn't going to be there. It's not. It's, it's proof. I got proof with baseball. I got proof with basketball. Okay. It's just not going to be there, you know? And, and again, the extension money is still, still good. You know, the extensions we've, we saw with major league baseball. Good. We might see more. We might see a few more here. They're normal. Basketball, certainly. I mean, there's no problem handing out max contracts. Brandon Ingram, Jason Tatum, Steph, LeBron, Paul George. Okay. NBA owners have no problem locking in the big contracts if you're staying here. But I'm telling you right now, if you're going to go out to that that fishbowl and try to reassess your career and find a new home and find a better fit, Good for you, if because if you're not happy where you are, or, you don't, or they simply don't want you back, you know you got to make a living. But it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly for the majority of players who do go out to that open market. And in terms of the NFL, where it's kind of unique, focus on the guarantees. Focus on the security. Okay. If somebody wants to throw you a ton of money for one year, I can't argue against that. Get your cash and do it all over again next year when maybe when hopefully we have a little bit more stability everywhere. But if you're thinking multi-year, which, you know, by the way, you know, a lot of baseball aren't they aren't doing that because of the mess that they know is out there. They're just saying, give me one year. I'll do this again next year. Hopefully it's better. 
that's going to be a lot of football players philosophies too. I'm, I'm positive. I know that's coming, you know, especially with the quarterback carousel. No one's going to sign a five-year contract with a new team when coaching is so fragile right now, when the front offices are changing so often and the financial situation's a mess. It's not a good time to lock in a big contract in the most important position. So I expect a lot of one-year deals, two-year deals, one-year plus options. I expect that. But if you're going to go multi-year, you got to secure the guarantees. Got to do it. No question about it. It's almost it's almost to the point of where you take a, a little bit less in year one to secure yourself a little bit more in year two. Do it. it. It's the it's the right thing to do in the NFL right now. And of course, we've got hockey. And I bet you can guess where this is going. Okay, the NHL in 2019, 1.5 billion dollars of free agent contracts, and in 2020, 830 million. Half. Okay, for all intents, half. That's three out of the four big leagues who had free agent off seasons legitimately cut in half in terms of total, total value dollars. So unless the NFL really thinks that they're that much, you know, there's that much separation between them and those other three leagues, which, hey, in a lot of cases, there's proof of that. But I'm just not sure we're going to get there, especially with the free agent class we have. We don't have a marquee free agent class. So you, you pile that in with the financial economy situation. And I see more of the same. I think all, all four of these big leagues are going to have the same results at the end of the end of their off seasons, which is a lot of one year deals, front offices and ownerships that said, Hey, let's dial it back this year. Um, you know, the NFL has money coming. The TV money is coming. So let's dial it back this off season. Let's let things kind of play out. Let's try to get back to some normalcy, both on the field and in our businesses. And, you know, we'll do this thing. We'll do this all over again next year. It's bad for running backs. It's bad for safeties. It's bad for inside linebackers. You know, those, those positions that have been devalued to some, to some degree, the defensive tackles, the non-rushing defensive tackles, bad news for those free agents. If your current team is making an offer, structure the guarantees to your liking and take that contract. That's it. PSA done for this for Sunday. Okay. We're going to come back and talk a little bit about some of those extensions that may happen. But first, today's show is also sponsored by the online betting guide, OLBG.com. Do you consider yourself an NFL expert? Knowledgeable in stats, trends, plays, and injuries. Prove your skills against other knowledgeable football fans in OLBG.com's NFL Pick'em Contest. Enter for free and share your NFL picks to win cash prizes. 53 prizes are given away every month totaling $780 in prize money. It's free to sign up. $780 given away, totally free. OLBG.com is a sports betting community where expert handicappers share their predictions to compete for top place in the leaderboard and then help others make informed betting decisions. So you're gambling and you're learning. It's <laughs> it's kind of a home run. Show them what you've got today at OLBG.com. Okay, as I mentioned and have been mentioning for the past couple of shows, the NFL contract extension piece is up. It's one player per team. I'm going to pull some of those names out here and kind of expand upon my thoughts a little bit. And I did break down a projected value, some of my thoughts, you know, if it may happen this offseason or if there's a bit of a waiting game in process. I'd be remiss if I didn't start with Josh Allen because I don't think anybody's taken a bigger step forward in the past six months, and he had to. I mean, the... the the, the split, the 50-50 split of people who liked him or absolutely 
despised him as a, as a future franchise quarterback was so evident to start the season and he had to go above and beyond to really bring us all on board. And he has, I mean, he's a fringe MVP candidate. Bills are nine and three heading into Sunday night football tonight against the Steelers. They're going to the postseason. whether or not they can make damage. There is only going to help his cause. So he's a early round exit last year, ugly exit in terms of his play last year in the postseason. He's got a chance to redeem himself this year, starting tonight with a big game against a player in Big Ben who many people model think Josh Allen is modeling after big frame, really tough to bring down uh, decent outside the pocket with the ball can obviously run with the ball a little bit. So interesting matchup tonight and maybe a foreshadow of where we're going to get with Josh Allen. But all of this means one thing. He, he's going to get paid <laughs> and whether or not that's next March or or, or there's a wait is really up to the Buffalo Bills at this point. Now they've smartly intelligently staggered the extensions that they've been doing. They got a left tackle and a quarterback locked in last year or this past off season in Deion Dawkins and Tredavious white. We know the kind of value we think they got with white after seeing Jalen Ramsey's contract. So there's, there's some room to, to push there a little bit and they may have to push because you know, we monitor our valuations on a week to week basis for a lot of these players as we import stats, as we bring in some advanced analytics and things like that so that our algorithm can be as up to date as possible. So, you know, Josh Allen came into 2020 somewhere around the 35 million mark ish. He was heavily less than where Deshaun Watson signed his contract to start 2020. And now those two gaps have completely closed. So if Deshaun Watson is basically a $40 million guy. He's, I think he's a tick under in terms of the base value. We've now got Josh Allen at 39.3, somewhere around there. You know, it's over 39. It's trending towards 40. So that's exactly where Watson ended up. So, um, you know, if we pull Lamar Jackson out of this conversation, because the unknown is gigantic with that. I mean, no one has played markedly worse than last year, more than Lamar Jackson. And it's not that he's been a bad quarterback. The team as a whole just hasn't gelled like they did last year. And there's four weeks left to get themselves into the postseason and make a run. We've seen a lot of teams make. So I'm not, I'm just going to set that aside because at some point it was going to be, all right, it's going to be Mahomes, Lamar, Watson, and Allen. Those are going to be your top four paid quarterbacks in the league. And now I'm here to tell you that Allen has creeped up now to Watson and probably in a lot of smart people's eyes surpassed Lamar because of the resiliency, the reliability, and now somehow consistency with Josh Allen. I mean, the the completion percentage is up. The accuracy is way up. The ability to to run Brian Dable's offense has been outstanding. Um, And oh, by the way, Brian Dable leaving the team to become a head coach somewhere else could be monumental to Josh Allen's career. So there's a lot to go in there. If they have to pay Brian Dable this offseason to keep him around instead of paying Josh Allen, probably not a bad move by the Bills. And uh, boy, I wish we'd see more of that. I wish we'd see coordinators overcompensated because their value is that high. And I think that's a clear, clear situation in Buffalo where the OC and the QB have connected and they are on the same page and they're able to expand that, that page and expand that playbook kind of week by week and it's working. So don't let that guy go. 
don't let the OC walk. More teams need to do this and need to understand that that is a, a gigantic value and luxury. So yes, Brian Dable deserves a chance to be a head coach. I, I, I hate saying that I'm taking that opportunity away from him, but he's in a pretty good seat right now in a nice warm booth with some headphones on. So I just make him feel good with, with a little bit more money and some fringe benefits and keep him where he is so that Josh Allen's career can continue to flourish. Because if and when, all I'm saying here is 40 million is probably the bar now. That's the mark. And a postseason run and a deep postseason run is only going to increase that. I mean, Mahomes got himself to 45 million with a Super Bowl victory last year. It was largely his part. So, and he's going to be the MVP this year. So <laughs> he's certainly holding that weight up. So that's enough on Allen. That's where we stand with him currently. Again, we monitor that week by week. We'll see what happens with the Steelers tonight. That's going to keep pushing forward. It's all about the postseason for, for the Bills and him. And also, by the way, Brian Dable. Okay, a couple more names here. Last week on the show, I mentioned the wide receivers. I've got Allen Robinson on this list. I've got Kenny Galladay on this list. I've got Will Fuller on this list. Uh, just to name a few. The wide receivers are good, solid wide receivers. Even Corey Davis is on this list, which, my goodness, two months ago, that's would have been ridiculous. Similarly to the Leonard Williams in New York, who came from the Jets to the Giants as an embattled franchise tag player and is just been outstanding. A couple more names in this list. Two vets that I want to I want to highlight here. Tyron Matthew, who I think has been somehow underrated on that Chiefs defense. I love everything about the guy. I love his social media. I love the way he plays. I love how versatile he is. I watch college football at least a little bit now, and I try to find players like that, like him. You know, guys who are playing linebacker and safety and cornerback and maybe on special teams as well at the college level. You know, just complete Swiss Army knives who love to play, want to play all the time because th they just seem like slam dunks in the NFL. And Tyron Matthew is a slam dunk, okay? And he's not old enough to worry about that. He's 28. He got overpaid a little bit in Kansas City to get him there. And obviously, both rewarded each other for it. I think he's got to make more. He's, he's set to make $11.4 million. You know, the safety market's way up. The cornerback market has skyrocketed. So if you consider him this versatile player, uh, my God, even the inside linebacker market is now $18 million. So I don't think he needs to get a gigantic raise if he wants to stay. And that's what this conversation is about. It's about, it's about extensions with your current team. But Kansas City's in cap trouble, as if as is many of the teams here. So they're going to have to work out some kind of restructure system. And Matthew's cap hit is high. It's a it's a nineteen point seven million dollar cap figure for next year. So there's no way Kansas City keeps that. And I don't think they let him walk. I don't think he's a cap casualty. That'd be ludicrous to me. So an extension makes sense not only to keep him in fold, give him some cash up front, but also to lower that cap hit next year. I think you can probably keep him for about twelve million, which is like low second tier safety money. Okay, but I think he's made his money. I really do, and he's set to make about fifteen million this year. So you you, you just convert that to a bonus, give him a small salary, prorate that bonus out over a couple of years, maybe a dummy year or two at the end. You make it another three year contract. It'll be thirty one at the end of that deal. You know, going on thirty two. That should work out. As long as you can manage those cap figures and keep him at the in between the twelve and fourteen million dollar mark, I realize that's a that's a decrease of average annual salary, okay? And he's probably worth fifteen to sixteen million dollars per year on another team, 
but this is not that kind of situation. Okay. This is not a guy who uh, I don't believe who now feels like he has to get his own financially. This is a, this is a Super Bowl dynasty team. There's no question about it. They're the best team in the league right now. After winning the Super Bowl last year, they are on track to be an annual contender. So why leave? Okay. If, if it's for a couple of million dollars here or there, why leave? Take your 12 front load that sucker, but lower the cap hits now and make everybody happy. I think it's a good relationship to keep in similar breath. Melvin Ingram. Now he's been injured. He's 31 pushing 32. So it's a little bit different conversation in that regard, but the chargers, you know, look, they got the young quarterback. They've had, they have weapons. I mean, they do have Keenan Allen who just locked in. I don't know what, what they do with Hunter Henry. He's an, he's an extension candidate after that franchise tag finishes. I think he's been good enough to keep, but Austin Eckler's good. Josh Kelly's good. Justin Jackson's tenable. Um, Mike Williams, who knows? But they've got some players. They drafted another wide receiver last year to come into the compliment. You know, the offense is young, but ready to take a step with another coach, I think. But the defense is kind of veteran ready to go. I mean, they were built to win. They just can't stay healthy. So bring in a new strength guy, bring in a new head coach <laughs> and see if you can get this thing to go in Justin Herbert's rookie contract. I imagine you keep Melvin Ingram. Now I know that, you know, everything's decreased a little bit in terms of the, including the reliability with the injury. And I think the, the price tag probably decreases as well. He's a top echelon pass rusher still. And I know they have Joey Bosa on the other side and he's extremely well paid. So for Melvin Ingram to stay, he's taken less. There's no question. I mean, if he goes into free agency, which we mentioned in the open, you know, is he getting a Justin Houston contract, a two for 25? We've seen so much of that now with these pass rushers who are a little bit past their prime years and the, the money just falls right off. So that's basically what I did with him is I said, Hey, if, if that's the contract you may end up with on a contender somewhere else, just stay at that price. Stay at 12 and a half, stay at 13 over two or three years, extend yourself out three for 39. I realize that's half of what Bose is making, but look, Bose is 25, give or take 24. Okay. I mean, he's, he's the guy now <laughs> that's how it's going to be. And having you on the other side of Bosa is going to work as long as the, the secondary and the safeties can stay healthy. Uh, you know, the pieces are there. I think they, I don't think they should tinker with too much outside of, like I said, a coach and a strength and conditioning guy, but keeping this guy from a veteran standpoint and also just to have another baller outside of J- Joey Bosa on that line just makes a ton of sense to me. So there's a guy I'm looking to take a little bit less money on an average annual just to understand his role on his current team, which really could take a step forward next year. A couple more names. We'll get out of here. I mentioned Leonard Williams. Look, the 2019 stats, this is how we evaluate players a two-year basis. So any evaluation I'm doing right now has 2019 stats and 2020 stats loaded into an algorithm with some advanced analytics, obviously some money, right? So other defensive ends in the league who recently signed contracts who have similar statistical output output to Leonard Williams, well, the problem is his 2019 production and his 2020 production couldn't be more different things, right? There, I mean, he was he is literally a shell of himself. So, and oh, by the way, a lot of Giants defensive players have this situation for them right now. So something's going right, you know. Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, Joe Judge, the head coach, they have figured something out defensively with this core that is gelling, that is working right now. I don't know if it's sustainable 
for another four weeks, but it, it's shown enough small sample size now to know it's working. So you got to keep this guy. The problem is you just paid him a $16 million franchise tag. And as good agents out there have told me, the second you pay him that, he's not worth that. Even though my algorithm says he's worth 12 and that's, I had to, I had to absolutely massage the heck out of the algorithm to get him to 12. My original algorithm had him at eight and a half. That's how bad night 2019 was. I mean, he just didn't show up for football last year. So I understand he's, he's had a great season. He's going to be paid accordingly, but look, I'm not going to be surprised if he sits down with the Giants players, the Giants front office and gets himself into an $18 million contract. I won't be surprised because second tier is 20 million right now. I mean, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, they're all 23, $24 million now. So, you know, $27 million is where we're at in terms of the non quarterback contracts. So Leonard Williams at 18, if he's the guy, if he's the pass rusher on that line and you want to keep him for the next four years, I understand because of what I do for a living that that's probably the price. I'm just here to tell you that the math <laughs> has him between eight and a half and 12. So if and when he signs for 18, don't be surprised, but you know, you're paying for one year of production because 2019 was a disaster. So good for the giants figuring things out. You know, it's always good to see a good, a new coaching staff come in and really just understand what they have. That's, that's awesome. I mean, that's the way we all want it to work. It's not about fitting players into my system. It's what do we have here? What have we been given? Let's do the best with this. And of course, we're going to find some ways to improve that in the off season. But I I have a, a sinking feeling that Leonard Williams is going nowhere and that his price is going to destroy what math says it should be. Uh, one more thing, Calvin Ridley, another wide receiver on this list that I was holding off talking about because boy, how do you evaluate the Falcons as a whole right now? Okay. The disastrous first start first six weeks really started to turn it around after they fired the coach and the GM, unfortunately, which is a whole nother conversation. I mean, what do you do from a roster standpoint? Once you have that, those holes filled, you know, what's the next coach going to be like scheme wise? What is the GM looking for? You know, is he looking to stay young, get cheap? You know, does Matt Ryan even fit that? Is Matt Ryan here? Even though his contract basically says you're going nowhere, buddy. Um, I'm going to assume that whoever they hire for this coaching position slash GM position is with the understanding that Matt Ryan is here for a year. What I'm not going to assume is that that means Julio Jones is here for a year. I know he's got new money, big contract, short, but big money contract. I'm not going to assume that the plan is to keep Julio Jones in Atlanta past 2020, which means a trade. I don't, I wouldn't imagine an outright release. The dead cap is silly, but they'll find a trade partner, of course, for Julio Jones, even though the injuries have been piling up. So let's assume that happens. Just it's that easy. I just made it happen on Sunday morning. (laughs) Julio Jones is traded somewhere in March. Now you've got Calvin Ridley who is perceivably the, the WR1. He is extension eligible after 2020. Basically in two weeks he'll, here, he'll be extension eligible. He's got a $1.9 million salary for next year. And there is that fifth year option, which of course they're going to extend to him if they don't sign him. So I don't, I, I don't know that he, that Calvin really gets a new contract, but I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense to trade Julio Jones 
and give this guy the keys to that wide receiver core right now. You can go and draft another one. You got a couple of young kids who can catch the ball in there already. You can address it with a, a couple of free agents. Look, the the list is good if some of these guys walk. It, it's a strong list of WR2s, really is what it is. And uh, Atlanta's been operating with two WR1s now for a while. Everybody kind of, especially fantasy and DFS players, you know how darn good Kevin Ridley can be week in, week out. So I, I think they're wasting their time now. Now, Giving up on Julio Jones is never a good idea, but from a financial standpoint and from where this team is, from a team building window, I just think Julio deserves to go and win somewhere. Fine. And Atlanta should shelve that cash and cap and put it towards their future, their their, their next building blocks, one of which is Calvin Ridley. So that's a move I've got I've made in my head, and that's why Calvin Ridley's on this list. Again, they may wait. They've got a fourth year plus a fifth year option if they want to utilize it. And unless Calvin really makes it a financial stink, you know, like I'm not going to play unless you extend me kind of thing, then so be it. We generally don't see wide receivers get extended after their third year, even though they're eligible, unless you're Julio Jones, <laughs> okay? Somebody of that earth. But I think of his, his importance to the next generation of Falcons, whatever, whatever it's going to be, even if it means there's a new quarterback coming in 2022. Okay. If Matt Ryan, maybe they're drafting their next quarterback this, this off season, and it's going to be a Alex Smith, Pat Mahomes kind of situation, which I'm all for. I love it. If that's the case, right? You're, you're getting the new GM. You're getting the new coach. Go find yourself a new quarterback. That's going to sit behind the scenes behind Matt Ryan until his contract gets right side up. Cause it's upside down right now. At the same time, let's let's bring some cap and cash back on trading Julio Jones and let's promote Calvin Ridley to WR1 with a new contract. Makes sense to me. So something to keep an eye on. He values about $15 million right now, but you got to remember his stats are as a WR2. He's doing what he's doing as a WR2. So as a, as a WR2, he's worth $15 million. So if you promote him to WR1, now your starting point is 18, 19. Now you're in Allen Robinson country where, or Kenny Galladay country where you've been the focal point and you know, maybe you're not elite elite, right? You're not going to go de- get Deandre Hopkins money yet, or even maybe surpass Amari Cooper or Keenan Allen for that matter. But you're right in that conversation. You're right in that 18, 19, $20 million mark. I don't know that, that they have to go there with Kelvin Ridley yet because he hasn't, uh, you know, this would be the time to do it now to eliminate the need to do that, right? And this is almost like a bridge, a big bridge contract, okay? We're promoting you to WR1, and in doing so, you statistically haven't shown that you're worth $20 million yet, so we're going to give you 14 or 15 for three years, two, two and a half guaranteed, something like that, and we're going to grow together with whatever quarterback is next, whatever running back is next, and we're going to have this offensive core come up together. We're going to pay you for what you've done for certain because it's been outstanding. But, you know, we're not we're just not going to go top dollar yet. But three years from now, if, if all things are right and you're 28 years old and, and in your prime, let's do this. So something to keep an eye on there with the Falcons as a whole and where Kelvin Ridley stands in that. Okay, the piece is on spytrick.com. It will be there obviously forever. Um, I will be replacing that shortly with one of two. I haven't decided which way, which way I'm going to go yet. I, I have the roster bubble uh, piece coming. I do want to touch it on some of the baseball stuff soon. 
uh, and where that money has lived. I know we're going to, we're going to do a big piece on these NBA rosters and you know, that there just wasn't that much turnover. So kind of a, a microcosm look at where we were last year versus this year. What did the Lakers add financially? And from a roster standpoint, how big was the Clippers upheaval? Uh, even though they did expend Sten Paul George, how little did Denver do? How little did Miami do? You know, some of those middling teams that kind of sat on their hands and I get it. It's going to be a lot of that because this has been a weird year for everybody, but it's hard to make big decisions right now, whether that's a big extension, a big free agent signing, getting rid of a good player. You know, you don't really want to do too much big time movement because it's going to be hard to account for it. You know, think about the mess that's been college football. Can you imagine trying to bring in a fourth round pick right now? You know, we need a guard, but we're not going to use our first three picks on a guard. So find me the best fourth round guard. I mean, the inconsistency of the college football season has to make this job so difficult. Can't wait to get some draft people on to talk about that. That will certainly be down the road. But in terms of the website, certainly the roster bubble conversation is coming. I will have more extension candidates um, as well because you know, these next four weeks are not going to be idle. There's going to be players who step up. Some of these players are going to take major steps forward. I didn't even talk to Dak Prescott. That's probably a whole other conversation. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have our friend Jane Slater back on, kind of see where that gauge is from a whole team standpoint again, because what's, what's the make of Zeke? What's the make of that defense? You know, are there going to be chips that fall? I don't imagine Dak's one of them. So who, who is going to make, who is going to fall off that roster in terms of accountability, but plenty to get to. I will be certainly on Twitter at SpotTrack, S-P-O-T-R-A-C. And of course, visit our friends at The Athletic, theathletic.com slash SpotTrack. Get you 40% off for the next entire year. And welcome to our new sponsors, OLBG.com, the online betting guide. Free pickums, $780 in prize money, 53 prizes given away every month. And you get to learn and become better, more experienced as a gambler. What more do you want? (laughs) OLBG.com. My thanks to them. My name is Mike Giannetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Trade Podcast. 